Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Right now, we're going to go into the Word of God. We're going to start off in Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. What's that? Habakkuk, did I not say it correctly? (laughs) Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And it says, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Father God, we just come to you right now, Lord God. We just ask you to bless this time that we're together, Lord God. And we ask you to open up our hearts so we can receive from you today, Father God. And Lord God, I decrease, Lord God, that you may increase, Lord God. And use me to speak to your people this morning, Father God. And we bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I just would like to talk to you about your vision. And if your vision is lining up with the vision that God has for your life, because you know there can be two different things. We have a vision how we think most things should be done regardless of what it is. We have our own opinion of how we think it, sh- it should be done. Right? Yeah, okay. It's going to be one of them days. All right. Sometimes we actually think that we're the ones in charge of our own life, believe it or not. And what we do every day, we think that we're the ones in charge of it. Sometimes I get ready to do something and my wife will remind me, of some other plans that we had made, and then I remember, uh-oh, did I make those plans or did she make those plans? But regardless of what I had planned, it's getting ready to change. So at that time, I'm not in control of what I thought I was going to be in control of, right? Okay, then. All right, making sure. All right. Also, it's times that we get off work, we come home, then we get plans, we're going to do something, and then our kids come in and tell us, that, hey, I got a project that's due at school. Or, hey, I just made this team or that team, and I got practice tonight, and they forgot to tell us. And guess what? Our plans change, and we're not in control of it once again. We're not in control of what we were doing. At work, we're going to be working on a project, and our manager comes around, supervisor comes around, and changes the whole project that we was working on. Totally different what the plans were we thought were made at, at first, but everything changes. Sometimes in life. We can be doing a thing, and then we're planning on going a certain way. Then all of a sudden, God changes the path of where we're going to. And then we say, God, this is not what I had envisioned me doing at this stage in my life. Amen? That's one, Marvin. <laughs> Sometimes it's just that's the, way, that's the way it goes. But today I would tell you that many people are living on autopilot and instead of engaging the battle of living up to their God-given potential. Most people lack a vision for their life. Too often people settle for less than what God's best is for them because they struggle pinpointing their purpose in life. Regardless what age we are at that. If if I were to take a poll today and ask everyone, if you had a vision or a plan for your life, what you would be doing for the next month, the next year, for the next three years, five years, could you tell me what that vision is? And you tell me, also, could you tell me what your plan is to get that vision carried out? See, vision is what we see, but it's also the way in which we see it. 
Vision is the lens that interprets the events of our life, the way we view people along with our concept of God. Because vision is the bridge from the present to the future. When I was growing up, I would have what I would call today physical dreams. And these dreams, I would be making the winning shot. I would be knocking in the winning run. Or I would be catching the one-hand touchdown in the end zone to win the game. Right? Those are the dreams I would be having. I know what y'all are saying. I had those dreams too, right? <laughs> but I really know what y'all are saying is that what in the world is a physical dream? Right? Well, to me, what if I call them not physical dreams, but fleshly dreams? And to me, that is one where I'm getting all the attention, where I'm getting all the accolades, where all the attention is focused on me and what I've done. And those are the types of dreams that I would have when I was growing up. It was all focused on me and the things that I could accomplish. Where today, what I would call is a spiritual dream is where God is the center of attention. He is the one that's using someone like me, someone like you, to get his agenda done. He receives all the accolades and all the glory and all the honor because all it belongs to him to begin with. Because he is the one who has given us the ability to do what it is that we're doing to begin with, to receive all the accolades that we're getting from other people. Notice I said I would have dreams of what I was doing, but I had no vision as to how I was going to get there, just a dream of me being there. I liked the vision of how I would accomplish the things that I was dreaming about. Let me ask you, when you were 18, did you have a vision of that by the time I get 21, this is what I'll be doing? When I'm 25, I'll be doing this. When I'm 30, I'll be doing this. When I'm 50, I'm for sure going to be doing this. Only one laugh. Okay. Nobody else had vision like that, just me. No problem. All right. What if I ask all the parents here, if you had a vision for your children, if they were, and if they're on course to what you envision for them to be today? Okay. Okay, ladies, those of you who have had kids, remember when you were pregnant and you would walk around rubbing your stomach and talking to your baby, telling them how great they were going to be when they grow up? Remember those days? Remember when the father would come home, he would put his ear down there on the stomach, be listening, talking in the goo-goo, ga-ga voice and all that, talking to the baby and telling them how great they were going to be when they grow up? Both of you just talking life into the baby. Just tell them how great they were going to be. You remember those? Okay. Y'all out there. All right. You had heard all the stories from other parents about the late night feedings, about the ear infections, about not getting a full night's sleep. You had heard all the stories about the, remember the blue thing? The suction? Yeah. You heard all the stories about how the kids loved that? No, how they hated it, right? Even then, they could be smiling, then you put it in front of them, they start screaming and everything. You heard all those stories about that, but what did you say? Nope, not my baby. Not going to happen to mine. Nope. Because the vision that you have for your kid, for your child, is that they're going to be the sweet angel. They were going to be sleeping through the night, all night, and I had to get up in the middle of the night. I see you over there. I see you shaking, Zach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said. That's your story. 
I'm not receiving any of that. Not my baby. My baby's going to be a sweet angel. What about as they got older? Would you have a vision of them being an A student? Would you have a vision of being the captain of the debate team, the captain of the sports team, the valedictorian of their class? Anyone have visions like that? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Because I see some of y'all hitting y'all spouse like that. What were we thinking? That's for my wife. <laughs> some parents would say, I did not have those type of visions because that's too much pressure for those kids. I didn't want that much pressure on my kids. I just want them to be what God wants them to be. I want them to just grow up in God, and which is true. But at the same time, we got to challenge kids. We got to help them with the vision. We got to help them with the plans for their life. You know, we just can't allow them just to grow up and not have any kind of challenges, not have any kind of vision of what they want to grow into being, even if it's, they change it. I don't know you, but I've changed careers several times. And I had vision of being a professional basketball player. I'm glad too many people didn't laugh about that. All right. <laughs> so let me give you some scripture with this. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. 12 through 16, we will read. And it says, I am not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us on to Jesus. I'm off, I'm off and running, and I'm not running back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. We all have to set goals in our life in order to accomplish the vision. But let's not get this twisted. Our number one goal in life is to be more like Christ. That is what we're supposed to be doing every day. We need to, every day we need to try to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. That is our goal. Goals are simply the vision broken down into a smaller piece that are measurable in time and space. In other words, there are specific parts of the mission that we are to accomplish by a predetermined date. That's what we were saying. By the time I'm 21, I'll be doing this. That's exactly what we were doing. But many people do not like to set goals because they think that if they are not able to accomplish them on time, that they have failed. But the truth to the matter is that if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I knew y'all knew that. In Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says this. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says this. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. See, we plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Uh, we have to get in line with God's vision. And we have to get in line with his vision for our lives. And the only way to do that is that we have to spend time with him. We have to learn his ways. We have to learn his thoughts. We have to learn the heart of God. And the only way to do that is to get into his word and to spend time with him. We have to do that. 
So let me give you three things that will help you with your vision. One is foresight. Foresight is like looking at life through a telescope. This outlook allows us to know what, it, what is ahead of us as it connects us to our future. Foresight is the element of vision that helps life make sense and gives us the motivation that we need to accomplish our goals. Insight. Insight is like viewing life through a microscope. This perception gives us an understanding of why things happen in life. It also helps determine the underlying motivation of one's heart. And oversight. This puts life in context. It is like flying over a house in a helicopter. And this perspective that we can only receive from this vista that helps us understand where we are in respect to where everything else is. We have to get into a place where we're not looking out our natural eyes, but we're looking out our spiritual eyes. And we have to be able to do that by spending time with God. And then we can have his heart and learn to, see, to, learn to look at others and learn to look at other things the way he does. And that's what we have to try to do. In Proverbs uh, chapter 29, verse 18, it says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Some other translation says this. Without a vision, people will perish. Without a vision, people will run wild. But this version says they will stumble over themselves. Those without a vision spend their lives taking the path of least resistance as they try to avoid discomfort. We don't like being discomfort, do we? The pandemic has brought that out of all of us right now, right? But one of the things I learned is that vision gives pain a purpose. Again, ladies, the ladies who have had kids, would you agree with me? The vision of you having that child made all that child labor and all that pain worth it. I heard. Is that right? Ladies, y'all shaking your head. Some of y'all saying, some of y'all saying, you see the pain I got right now as a teenager. <laughs> uh, so many people go through life without understanding the purpose of trials and tribulation in their lives. So they spend the time walking a crooked path, believing that every obstacle in the road is a problem and something to be avoided. If we really took a good look at some of the obstacles that we have faced or have faced, we would be able to see that these obstacles are partially there to help build our character so that we can attain and maintain a life of greatness that I believe that God wants us to have. See, a lot of people have lofty ideas of things that they would like to accomplish for God, but they do not seem to have a vision or how to see that vision fulfilled. I heard a minister say one time that a vision from the Lord creates a mission from heaven. That sounds good, don't it? A vision from the Lord creates a mission from heaven. And this is illustrated in the life of Moses as he went up to the mountain and received a vision from the tabernacle, of the tabernacle from God. And if we were to go to Exodus chapter 26, can't read the whole uh, chapter, but I just want to read a couple of verses from this. Exodus 26, verses 12 and 13, and it says this. The remnant, the remnant that remains on the curtains of the tent the half curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle and the cubic on one side and the cubic on the other side. Or what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. There was a lot of detail that God gave him for the tabernacle, but he also gave him whatever material that was left over, he was going to use that as well. 
See, God accounted for every piece of material that was, that was going to be used. And accomplishing any kind of vision is to take the unseen, is to take it from the unseen world and bring it into the natural realm. This can be accomplished by simply writing down the vision. Writing down the vision. So Pastor Christy was just out here a few minutes ago and she was talking about Rooted. And Rooted, you will have daily devotionals to read. One thing that I loved about it is that the experience that we had when we would get together and we all would share about our daily devotionals. Each one of us would share what God has spoken to us for each day. And you would be surprised that a lot of times when God was speaking to one person, he was actually speaking to us as well, to another person as well. And that was one of the things that I learned and rooted and I loved it so much because I would say that was the part of the best part of all the rooted that we went through. I don't know. What do you think about the Don? Yeah. See, I also heard, this is what I heard, don't hold me to this, but our group was the best group that ever went through Rooted. Did you hear that, LaDonna? I heard that too, yeah. Exactly, I heard that, yeah. So, you know, that's the rumor that's going on. I know how rumors are, but hey, I believe you, you believe, all right then, all right. <laughs> but one of the things is, is that doing the Rooted class is that we, I learned that you have to have a journal and you need to write down the things that was happening to you on those days, and you need to put a date on it and write it down. This is what God spoke to me on that date. And also that I learned is that you need to keep a journal in your bedroom, in your bathroom, in the living room, in the kitchen, wherever you might take time out and be quiet, where you allow God to speak to you. Because God will speak to you. If you Take a step back and be quiet and allow him to speak. He will speak to you. And you want to write that down. Right, Judy? Judy was in that class. You was in that best class too, wasn't you? Yep, yep. Ray? I know, yeah, I see. Yeah. See? All the rooted people are in here, see? But again, rooted is a great experience that I, I really do recommend that you be a part of if you haven't been a part of it as yet. So, again, when you put the vision down on paper, it pulls the dream that is in your spirit that no one else can see but you, and it pulls it into the visible world so that others can capture it in their own hearts, like a designer and a, like, like a designer and a building. Have you ever worked with someone on a project and you think that it's done and they come and check it out and then they say, ah, that's not quite it. See, they have a vision of what they thought it should look like, and then you had a vision of what you thought it should look like, and you thought that that's what you did, right? But then when they see it, they say, ah, that's not all right. Happens to me and my wife all the time. Sometimes she thinks something should be one way. I think things should be another way. The issue is, is that it's communication. Communication is the key. And part of the communication is writing it down. If you write it down, you will have less issues dealing with that. And that's part of it. If we go back to Habakkuk chapter 2, God told Habakkuk to write the vision down plainly so that others can understand it, so they could understand what is being said. Here Habakkuk had been given a vision, along with the vision he was given a word to write down. The very act of having to write the vision down indicates that the word that is going to be given needs to be preserved, I'm sorry, needs to be preserved, and this would indicate also that there was going to be a time of waiting because God had told Habakkuk that the vision was for a future time. Habakkuk has waited on the vision, and now he has the vision, and God is telling him now to wait for it to come to pass. 
God tells him that the vision will come at an appointed time. And one of the thing, things that God was teaching Abaka at that time was that he was to learn to live by faith in him and not by sight. And for him not to focus on the things that was going on around him, but him to focus on what he was doing. And this is something I think that we should be doing as well. Not to focus on the things that's going on around us, around in the world. But what we should be doing is allow God to use us to change the things that's going on around us and is going on around in the world. Because one of the things that uh, I believe that he was teaching him is what he said in uh, Isaiah 55, 11. It says that my word will not come back to me void. It shall, re- it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the, in the thing for which I sent it. That's what I believe he was trying to teach him at that time. And if we were to continue reading all of Habakkuk 2, we would read that God was telling Habakkuk that he saw everything that was going on around him and that the people that were doing wrong were going to pay for all their bad deeds. And if we turn the page and go to Habakkuk Habakkuk chapter 3, we can read how Habakkuk had started singing the prayer about the day that God was going to come and fulfill the vision that he had given him. And in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16, it says this. I trembled inside. I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me, and I shook in terror. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. Even though the fig trees have no blossom and there is no grapes on the vines, even though the olive tree fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Habakkuk was saying, regardless of what was going on around him, that God's word was true. And he was saying that he had confidence in what God had said was going to come to pass. He had started to see the vision that God had gave him. And he was starting to get excited about it. Even though, as you read it, it was some bad things going on around him. Some real bad things going on around him. God had given Habakkuk the vision, and Habakkuk had started to see the vision that God had gave him. Earlier, I asked everyone if you had a vision for your life. And if you did, could you tell us what your goals were and how you would accomplish it? But right now, I want to do another exercise. I want to ask you something a little bit different. So what I want you to do, I want you to sit up. Sit up. Relax. And I want you to close your eyes. And right now, as you're closing your eyes, I want you to ask God for something that you want him to do in your life. I don't know what it may be, but it may be you want a family member to be saved. Your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, cut. I don't know what it is, but you might want somebody to be saved in your, uh, in, in your uh, family. Maybe it's you're praying for a neighbor or you're praying for a coworker. I don't know. Maybe you're asking for somebody to be healed. Somebody that has a stronghold, something to be broken. Do not know what you're asking for, but what I do know is that right now, just ask God for what it is that you want. Now open your eyes. See, that didn't take long. But this is what I tell you is that the God that we serve, he can do all things. I do not know what you're asking for, God, for the first thing I do know is that it's all about you and your relationship with him. You have to surrender yourself to him. And his will, because everything starts with us in our relationship with God. It all starts with our relationship. There's a, uh, there's a guy named William McDowell who sings a song. 
And the verse in the song says this, I give myself away, I give myself away so that you can use me. And this is what we have to do. We have to give ourselves away to Christ and allow him to use us. Today, we have to give ourselves away and allow him to use us to build the kingdom up. And that's what we have to do. We have to get in that mindset that it's not about us, but it's all about him. But in order to do that, you first have to surrender your life to him. Everything that's within you has to be surrendered to him. Because, again, I love, that, I love that song. It says, I give myself away. I give myself away so that you can use me. And we all want to be used by God. But the issue is that we want to be used by God under our own rules and regulations. And that's not how it works. We have to surrender our lives to God. We have to surrender everything within, within us to him. We have to surrender it all to Jesus. Would you please stand? See, another part of the song says this. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you. This needs to be our prayer today, church. It needs not be anything about us. It needs to be all to be about Christ. And so I don't know what where you are with your relationship with Christ, but if Christ is not your Lord and Savior today, today needs to be the day that you should make that decision. You need to give your life up and give it to him. And if it is, just do a simple prayer with me. Just own this prayer, and that's all you have to do. But one thing I do know is that until I gave my life to Christ, I was leading down a, a road of destruction. But I know now, even though the trials and tribulations I might go through, the bumpy roads, I know he is with me. And, hey, there's no better person to be with you than, to be with, than Christ to be with you. So pray this prayer with me. I own this prayer. And just say, Father, today I realize that my life is not my own and it belongs to you. And today I surrender my life and all that is within me to you. That's it. That's all it is. You just have to recognize that your life is not your own, that it belongs to Christ. As we prepare to worship, how about we just lifting our hands right now to the Lord as a, as a sign that we surrender our lives to him and we give it all to him. Amen. Amen.